Ali Shaheed Muhammad and Adrian Young are a two-man super group of production. Their project, The Midnight Hour, showcases their immense talent while reminding those who needed it that black is beautiful. It is my pleasure to welcome on the Vocalo Hotline, Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. What up, what up, what up? I'm honestly like just this is my like public radio NPR voice. But really, I just want to be like, oh, baby, I love both y'all so much. <laughs> oh, a, that's so sweet. There is a lot of code switching going on to keep me from getting super hood about my admiration of the work that the two of you do. <laughs> Oh, that, that, that's beautiful. Thank you. You'll be loose with us. <laughs> All right. I want to get in the, the Wayback Machine and talk about the first time that you two got together as co-workers, as a team. Uh, when did it become apparent in that process that this was a match that was going to last? Well, I, I'd always been a fan of Tribe Call Quest, and I was always a fan of Ali as an individual, you know, so... Uh, I was on tour for my first Ghostface album, and I just happened to be in Brooklyn. And um, Ali had tweeted something in regards to him liking my music, and I was tripping. I was I was just tripping. <laughs> so I reached out to him and said, yo, bro, like, let's have lunch. And, and we had lunch. I said, hey, I'm working on a, an album with Souls of Mischief, um, and I'd love you to, to just come and be part of that. And he said, cool. Um, and we just became friends from that point. He flew out. To, 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 to work on it with me. And then when we were making music, we started realizing that we were actually cultivating something a little more special than just music. Um, you know, we, we were cultivating this relationship where we're kind of, we're pushing each other to be better and we're also creating a group. We didn't know. The music was telling us that we were creating a group and that's just basically what happened. Ali, tell me about when you figured out that Adrian was the real deal and that you really wanted to work with him. It was actually in that meeting when we sat down and had lunch in Brooklyn and just had a real conversation about um, just music and a little bit of life perspective. And and he just seemed real genuine, you know, and I really liked that. It really became, I guess, confirmed when I flew out to a studio uh, in Los Angeles and was in, in his garage. And it kind of reminded me of, of a, a, a portion of my life when I had like my setup in my home, you know, and just like, you know, someone who is surrounded by his family and you have the support of your family and the way, you know, your, your community, his musical community and the people, the musicians who were more than musicians. They were just friends. And the garage in particular was like a little small museum. And I wish, you know, you could have been transported there to get that, vision of it because it, it, it just shows you the feeling and the passion that Adrian has with, you know, perfecting his sound and, and just being a fan of music. And when we sat down and um, I don't remember if I played piano first or if I played drums, whatever happened, it was just so organic and fluid and mm. quick. And that let me know like, oh, this, this is a, it's a cool space.
I'm Jill Hopkins. You're listening to Vocalo. Joining me on the line, the Midnight Hour. It's Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. I want to talk about the Harlem Renaissance with the two of you. It's a recurring theme and an influence in your work. And there's plenty to, to draw from there uh, aesthetically, uh, but uh, sonically, especially when, when we're talking about the work that you two do. What about that era appeals to you both and, and inspires you to create in the way that you do? Well, something that, that we both love about that era is that it's uh, one of the first times in Black American history where uh, the notion of this Black music served as a vacuum for all. It mm. brought people to a place where Blacks were being Black and they were being paid to be Black. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We're in Harlem. We have white people coming into Harlem for the first time seeing these blacks be black, not making fun of being black, but being black and being excellent. And uh, blacks were prospering as being black entertainers. This is the first time that blacks are actually having real careers, being black entertainers outside of just doing blackface. So it's a very important time. And it's something that um, alluded to where we are right now, where, you know, the biggest kind of quote, Top 40 music is black music. You see what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it starts the road to where we are today. And we love kind of reminding people of the fact that, you know, blacks can wear suits. Black, it doesn't have to be on some, like, gangster whatever. Yeah. It doesn't have to be on no disrespect. You know, we can speak with our horns. We can speak with our instruments. We can, we can be excellent. We can be proper. We can just be us. For a lot of people uh, my age, I guess, uh, one of the first exposures that I had to the Harlem Renaissance was the film Harlem Nights. And I remember seeing that for the first time. And, you know, those are all actors that we knew from before, from from previous projects. But I just remember thinking how dope everybody looked, how uh, amazing those clubs seemed. But also, like, you know, there's that subplot of blacks had to create their own spaces so that they could perform because in the white spaces they weren't going to get treated as well as they needed to be they weren't going to get the the treatment that they deserved as artists uh is that part of the whole thing uh, that that inspires you to kind of treat yourselves and treat your collaborators well in the way that they would have deserved back then i think it's just more of a a present mind state that it's not more of, of a throwback like that it's just more of our where we are right now in this modern age is that we are progressives, you know, and we're innovators and we are creators of culture, you know, that is presently you can look at in America to see is a huge financial factor in America, which is transcended beyond America into other, other, you know, countries. So it's a, our art form and our artful expression is global and it's global commerce, but it's not just about the money. It's just about just the soul of the people and the passion of the creators and being innovators. And so for us, it's, you know, there is an excellence to us being, you know, descendants of Africa and, you know, being here in America, obviously this is our country, our home. And we're not, we're still in, in this modern era, which we have to overcome certain ideas in the hearts of certain Americans, you know? And mm-hmm. so for us, it's just a matter of kind of like treating our art and our passion the same way that our forefathers did, 
And that's just to be honest with it and be fearless with it. I'm Jill Hopkins. I'm speaking to Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Together, they're the Midnight Hour. Do you think that folks who are mostly just familiar with the production work that you two do know that the two of you are so adept at uh, switching up your musical, your musicality, that you are multi-instrumentalists? Do people come to the shows and be like, oh, damn, I didn't know you threw down like that? You know, it's funny. Um uh, I just posted, I don't even know if you saw it, Ali, but I posted something of Ali playing bass yesterday at one of our shows. And um, there's, you know, people were tripping just kind of seeing Ali playing bass because most, you know, most Tribe fans look at Ali as like that cool dude that, that that's a DJ, that's a producer, you know, but they don't think much further than that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, but they just don't think much further than that. Yeah. And then when they see how competent um, Ali is on instruments, it's something that is like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> it always surprises me because despite all sorts of evidence to the contrary, I, I feel like people still don't put black people and guitars in the same mental space. And then when it happens, they're just like, oh, wow, we can do anything. Like, we've been doing everything. Yeah. Well, one thing for me is... Uh, Looking at somebody as canonical as Ali, you know, being from my favorite hip hop group, Mm -hmm. you know, like seeing that kind of person go from the sampler to playing mad instruments to like recording with orchestras, like that's something that you never see black people doing in our generation. You don't see it. It's not expected at all. Not even believed many times. You know, yeah. but if, you know, yeah, but if, if, if a white person does it, it it's something that is, it, it's, it's, it's great, it's special, but it's a little more, quote, um, expected, you know, under certain circumstances. And um, I don't say that in a, in a way that uh, has any kind of bad connotations. I say that more so from the perspective that the notion of black people being excellent needs to be a little more apparent, you know, and, and we need to be given more opportunities to do things. And this, all of this sentiment is wrapped up in everything that we do regarding the midnight hour. I cannot thank you enough for uh, blessing us with this album. And, and honestly, from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you both for just the lifetime output of music. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. 